Okay. You know what? You know what sucks about recording on Saturday the thirteenth? What? It's not Friday the thirteenth. It's like the world uh, yeah. conspired to make it one day off. Especially the month of October. Exactly. I think I've only experienced one October Friday the thirteenth in my life thus far. Yeah. I could be wrong on that. I'll double check later. But anyway. Welcome, everybody, once and get once again to another episode of the Talkbox Podcast. As always, I am your host, Chad, Captain Tempest, and with me, I've got Adam, the Dutch Oven. Yeah, hello. We're here, two men in it today. Uh, we tried yes. to get as many people as we could, and this is everyone that we got, so we're going to roll with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got some stuff that we want to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. There are two two major ones, and then we'll sprinkle a couple of other little things towards the end. Um, so the first major thing that we'll start with, uh, if you want to, or yeah. should I? Oh! Let's let's start with your thing. Okay, so we'll start with a little bit of a somber note, and we'll move on to something a bit more uh, happy uh, towards the end. Um, So the big news that I've got that I have been kind of following is uh, Telltale Games, unfortunately, is uh, closing down. They're going bankrupt, closing their doors, shutting down the studio, etc. And it's kind of crappy how they're going out. Um, generally, and I've got my little timeline right here so that I can more properly, uh, organize this. Uh, on September 21st, they announced that they were going through a massive layoff. They were laying off about 225 to 250 employees and keeping a small 25 person skeleton crew to kind of finish some stuff up, some stuff up as they, you know, end up shutting down entirely. Um, and everyone was wondering, it's like, oh, okay, well, is this skeleton crew going to be here to finish uh, Walking Dead, the final season? Which, at the time, only had one episode released. The next one was coming in the following week. Um, and everything was kind of up in the air. Uh, but we learned that um, production was just getting cut on it. So Walking Dead, final season, uh, would just not be finished. And uh, on top of that, the plans that they had laid out for um, Wolf Among Us Season 2 and uh, the Stranger Things game also have been completely canceled and canned. Uh, And it's unfortunate because I know a lot of people were looking forward to those, myself included. Um, uh, And people... There was a mixed reaction to it. Like, obviously, the people that really enjoy these games, like myself, were kind of lost because we're not going to see how they end uh more importantly to me all of these developers who i've you know grown accustomed to following on social media and stuff like that uh, are now without jobs many of them Mm -hmm. having you know picked up and moved out to california just to be there to work in the studio and you know start their careers and stuff like that so it sucks that they have to now scramble to find uh, a new place to live or health insurance and not to mention another job of course um, but it's just a really crappy situation for all of them out there. Um, moving down the timeline, uh, September 24th, uh, Vernie Roberts Jr., one of the employees, filed a class action lawsuit uh, saying that Telltale violated the California Warn Act, which is the uh, Worker Adjustment and Retraining Notification Act, which specifically states, if I'm remembering this correctly, that a company that has more than 100 employees needs to give its employees uh, 60 days notice of when the company is closing down. Okay. The people at Telltale on the 21st came in that day and were told, yeah, clear out your offices. We're, we're closing shop. So that's a pretty major uh, egregious violation, if I had to say. So I'm hoping that that lawsuit does go in their failure. And they're not in their, not in their failure. Wow. Oh, yep. my God. In their favor. 
Um, I hope they do they do well enough on this, uh, and we'll see what happens. Uh, and that same day, uh, Telltale also announced that multiple partners had expressed interest in helping to finish uh, Walking Dead, the final season. Um, and that kind of has evolved since then. In in recent weeks, we've kind of had more information come out. Keep in mind, this was again this is late t- September, so yeah. we're in the second week of October, and things are still kind of happening and coming out here. Um, so on September 25th, the final season's second episode went up live for those who purchased it. But um, all of the $20 season passes that had all four episodes yeah. um, were removed from every Gamefront store. Ew. It was removed from Steam. It was removed from Xbox, Switch, etc. Like, they just stopped listing it because you were buying an incomplete product. And yeah. They didn't want that, so um, they basically just listed it from their major storefronts, and they said um, they're pausing sales until further notice and figuring out, like, are we going to be able to finish this and give them a product? Mm-hmm. And obviously, like me, who's already pre-ordered the game, we're just going to have an incomplete game. I, I, there are some people who have been able to refund it on Steam, um, basically because they've said it's like, yeah, they're releasing an unfinished product, we're never going to see the end of it, I'd rather not have it at all, and they've gotten their money back, but I think I'm just going to keep it. Yeah. Just because it's like I was intending to play through it. I'm happy with what I've played through. If I don't see those last two episodes, fine. Uh, If I do, I hope that they do right by the developers and allow them to finish it because they're the ones that were working on it. Yeah. Like, that's the one thing that scared me the most when I heard that they were seeking work with other partners to finish the game is that uh, it's not going to be the same game. If you take an unfinished product and give it to another company to complete, it's not going to be the same thing by the time that they're finally done with it all. Yeah, I'm not sure if we've had that happen with many other games, but I guess you could equate it to, like, what's a game that changed developers in between sequels or, like, another another game or, like, a spin-off um, title or something? I know Homefront did. Only because I was looking up that game the other day because I went on a Wikipedia hole. True. Yeah, so... That tends um, to happen. But it's like, the, the the first game is completely different from the second game, and people prefer the first one to the second one. Like, has I, there's there's got to be situations where that's happened, and I feel like that's what would happen with the last two episodes of this season. Yeah. Um, and stuff to, like I that. I think it happened with uh, Sly Cooper, between the, the PS2 and the PS3 versions. Yeah, okay. No, that does sound familiar. Um, but anyway, moving on down the timeline, uh, October 3rd is that um, they're negotiating a deal that would provide for the third and fourth episodes to be finished by another company using former Telltale employees. Okay. So things are looking up. Hey, the developers might be able to work on their thing and finish it and, uh, you know, possibly get comped for their work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, October 5th, we learned that that skeleton crew of 25 employees is actually a lot smaller. Oh, no. Um, I didn't read that. Uh, October 7th, there was some good news, though. October 7th, uh, Skybound Entertainment, who, of course, is known for uh, a lot of stuff with Walking Dead and a lot of other indie games. Robert Kirkman's company. Yep. Uh, Robert Kirkman himself announced that it reached a deal with Telltale to finish up Walking Dead the final season and was planning to bring on many members of the original development team. There's still a lot of questions that have gone unanswered about that. Yeah. Um, But I'm hoping that we can... I'm hoping that, you know, best case scenario is that we get the development team back. Telltale pays them what they're owed. 
Yeah. And they finish the game and we can just end on a high note. Because going out like this seems really less than ideal. Yeah. Oh, they also make Super Fight. Skybound makes Super Fight. They do. Yeah, no, yeah. they make a lot of crazy indie titles as well. It's 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 great that they're able to, to help out in this fashion. Um, what else we got? Now, October 9th, uh, Skybound Interactive boss Dan Murray tells Variety that it was aware of some of the challenges that Telltale was facing, but was surprised when they ultimately closed down. Okay. So this was this has been a long time coming. I'm not going to get into too much of the timeline prior to this because there's a lot of things that like the writing was just on the wall that Telltale was going to go this way eventually. Yeah. Um, but despite knowing that, despite all the signs, people are still surprised about it because they thought that they had a lot more time uh, to be able to to put out their their product and finish up their work. Mm-hmm. So. They'll see. He can't say for sure how many former employees will be able to contribute on the last two episodes of Walking Dead, the final season, um, but we'll see. Uh, and that's basically what we've got up to this point. Um, that's the general timeline. Uh, and I kind of wish that Zach was here because I know that I'd love to play devil's advocate with him about this and about the company in general. Um, my general thoughts on this is I think it sucks that Telltale has to go out like this. I feel more for the developers than I do the company. Yeah. Um, and while I understand that the games all followed the same like cookie-cutter formula of gameplay, and there wasn't really a whole lot of new mechanics that were introduced in each, uh, each released title, um, while that's true, I don't necessarily think that that's a fault of the developers. I feel like that is a constraint that they've had to deal with because the company itself refused to change its formula to any other way. And I think when when Zach goes off on me and tells me that uh, the company uh, you know, continues to not change, I don't think he's... He might be taking into consideration that the developers might not have the power to change anything, but I want to make that clear is I'm not... I'm not defending... I don't defend Telltale because of the choices that they make as a company. I genuinely like a lot of their games. There's a couple of them that I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, but I'm more... I'm, I'm more supportive of the developers and the people that make the games rather than the brand itself. Yeah. Uh, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, any thoughts from your end on this? About, uh... about all the shit that's going down? Oh, I mean, I know, like, being friends with you, I know you're a big fan of the Telltale games. I've only played a couple. Like, I've played both Poker Nights, and I have the, the, the Sam and Max games that they that they put out. But, I mean, it's something that I was interested in. I mean, it was a little, came out of nowhere, that Telltale closed, but it wasn't a company that I followed. I'm, I'm glad that, uh... Skybound's the one picking up uh, Walking Dead, and I know there's a couple tweets after uh, after Telltale announced they're closing. Like I think Bethesda, Blizzard, a couple other companies put out. It's like, hey, we'll we'll hire anyone. Yeah, no, there like, was a lot of uh, there were a lot of luncheons that got planned. It's like, hey, we're hosting like a little bit of a job fair thing down here. Come grab some food. We'll talk business. See if we can get you hired somewhere type thing. Like there's a lot, like the game company has, the industry itself has been doing very well at taking care of their own. I think. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's I do agree. Like it's it's weird that they had to go out like this. Um, and I know that not all of their games were huge successes. Even even the ones that were really yeah. amazing, surprisingly enough, did not sell well. Yeah. Um, and people attributed it to, oh, well, you could just watch the game be played on YouTube by one of the Let's Players and you'll basically get the same experience. And I disagree with that because you're you're watching somebody else and sharing in their experience, but you're also kind of like robbing yourself of your own. Yes. And I don't think that I don't think the game sales attribute to a let's play. I think if you were gonna just watch the game, you weren't gonna be playing it or buying it anyway. Because mm. I feel like that's that's another thing that people say is killing games is the whole let's play thing. I think that's I, completely not true. It's it. The, I mean, there are like certain like certain games like um. Like, you can watch, like, I watched Game Grumps play Breath of the Wild before I bought Breath of the Wild, but I had no issue watching it and seeing how the story ended, because how I get from point A to point B is different from how they got to point A to point B. Exactly. It's, it's a completely different experience. Like, I know, um, like, Detroit Become Human, which, um, there's so many different paths in the game. So you're like, well, I don't need to get it because I watched Jacksepticeye play. It's like, no, he, you know, he got like one thing, but you can make like different choices. So there's say like he got like choice one. You can get like choice number thirty-seven and how you get to the ending. So yeah, it's and that's actually another one that people were kind of citing um, with uh, Telltale's failure to um, adapt and evolve the, their gameplay mechanics. Uh, they were basically just like a one long cutscene that you had like a couple quick time events in and made some choices in. And mm-hmm. when it first came out, uh, even with the puzzle solving elements, like the click and the point and click adventure stuff that they've been doing and, and implementing into it, um, that was great when it first came out, but it did not age very well because there wasn't enough new stuff to keep people invested. Whereas now you have games like Life is Strange and Detroit Become Human, where there's more into. Um, that that choice based narrative. There's more that surrounds it and gives it a lot more depth and uh, a lot more exploration and playability as a whole. And I feel like yeah. people wanted to see more of that from Telltale, and it just never ended up coming because they doubled down on this whole. We have established a formula. The formula works. We can apply it to anything. And while they could, it was only really a matter of time before they had enough flops that ended up not being able to sustain, you know, future installments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate, because they had a lot of good stuff to start with, and then they just started, you know, kind of spiraling downhill. Like, I don't know a single person that liked the uh, the Game of Thrones game that they put out. Yeah. Like, that one seemed like it was a major flop, uh, despite the fact that uh, Tales from the Borderlands was an amazing game. Uh, it did not sell very well. Just because it's like, it's the same thing. It was the same formula. People had already seen it already. There wasn't a whole lot of different material to, to kind of draw them in, but... Well, yeah, I heard that Game of Thrones didn't do well. I heard, um... Well, Back uh, Back to the Future and their Jurassic Park games were hit and miss. But, like, I heard Walking Dead was good. Walking Dead, Wolf Among Us. I heard the Batman games were... The Batman games I enjoyed. I still need to play Season 2, um... But aside from that, I really enjoyed the first one. Didn't they do a Guardians of the Galaxy game, too? They did, and I've heard a lot of mixed things about that one, too. I heard that that one wasn't super great or well-received. Again, I haven't 
played it yet. I've been meaning to, and I, I definitely want to, but it's just a matter of finding the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like the, the Tales from the Borderlands was a fantastic game, it just didn't sell well. And I feel really bad for the developers that worked on that game, especially since, like, fucking uh, Gearbox uh, and 2K literally gave Telltale it's the, the freedom to play with the, the world. Like, everything that happens in Tales from the Borderlands is canon. Oh, so that yeah. means that all of the choices that are made there in some form or fashion, all of the things that happen in it are going to affect Borderlands 3 whenever that eventually comes out, like, two or three years down the road. Yeah. It's like Gearbox has been having some issues, which we will cover brief later. Yeah. Yeah. But for now, uh, we'll wrap up on Telltale. So it's unfortunate. I, I, I'll reiterate, I feel it's unfortunate that the company has to close. I'm not sad for the company or the brand. I'm sad for the developers that now have to, like, scramble to find other jobs. And I'm also sad for the fans of the games who are not going to see their ga- their favorite characters' stories completed or like mm-hmm. a game that they were hyped for like stranger things or wolf among us season two that's just not gonna happen now uh i believe netflix said they're gonna they're gonna keep the stranger things thing but they're gonna go somewhere else with it. okay so there'll still yeah. be a stranger things game it just won't be like a telltale like narrative choice based one i imagine yeah yeah netflix said they're there's they, I think they took everything and they're gonna gotcha i mean it is their, their it's own. it's their series so i would be surprised if they didn't yeah. Um, so yeah, all in all, uh, unfortunately, Telltale is closing down. There's, mm-hmm. it seems like the writing's on the wall, and it's only a matter of time before the the skeleton crew that's there disperses, and the company is completely shut down. Um, yeah. But uh, if definitely, like, if you want to support the developers and follow them, just go on Twitter and follow uh, hashtag Telltale Jobs. Uh, you'll be able to find plenty of people. I've been able to find most of them through. Um, one of the, the lead narrative designers, uh, Emily Grace Buck. She's amazing. Her Twitter is fantastic. You definitely should go follow her. Um, but yeah, it's that's all I got to say on that. Yeah, it's um, it's sad. It is. Anyway, moving on. Moving on to um, slightly happier news. Uh, Adam, you said you wanted to talk about uh, the Switch. Yeah. As you do. That, 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 that's my thing now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the Nintendo You're, you're the resident Switch guy. Yeah. Which I will say, I did pre-order the uh, the Smash Brothers uh, Ultimate Bundle, so I'm going to get the 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 Smash Brothers theme Switch uh, uh-huh. in November, and then that will come with a download code for the game when it releases in December. So I'll be able to join you uh, in your excursions. But yeah, yeah go on and, and we'll tell have, us. We'll have a land party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll work. Yeah, um, yeah. So actually, um, a little more than a month ago. A little less than a month ago? Uh, I think it was the September 20th or 21st. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online launched. Which oh, launched. Okay. Launched, I, I yeah. thought that this was like still in talks for like the upcoming year. But... Oh, no. It, it, it is launched and it is out. Oh, never mind. Wow. Uh, I have it because I play Splatoon a lot. And uh, um, I'll get to the Splatoon uh, community posts later, which are both... They're all hilarious. <laughs> I love the Splatoon community. Yeah, it it launched with uh, Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, The prices aren't too bad, I think, for it's $3.99 a month. Uh, So, like, $4 a month. I think it's for the the three months, it's six. And then it's $20 a year. Or $35 a year for... 
for oh uh, the family plan the family plan yeah i, I do got remember the, hearing that announced i got the 20 dollars a year thing because a i play a lot on i play a lot of uh, games online mainly splatoon well splatoon and fortnite um the weird thing about was like i think it's uh fortnite and whatever the not overwatch thing is uh, paladins paladins yeah paladins you don't need online for but uh there are other couple games playing online um uh, that's probably because they have their own servers yeah that would so be my guess that got excluded uh but um people are like uh it's 20 dollars a year that's it used to be free it's not bad and then quoting uh yeah, it's just the Splatoon community posts because you can see people's reactions like, "Well, bye everyone." It it's like Splatoon is gonna Splatoon's gonna die, but like, no, <laughs> people are still playing. There's a post on that that I saw. It's like it's twenty dollars a year. You cheap. I think it was you cheap. Uh, I don't think it was like you cheapos can afford it or yeah. Get your parents to pay. <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing either. I think, yeah, because it used to be free, um, people are definitely kind of apprehensive about them joining Sony and Xbox and that you have to pay for online in a yeah. subscription-based service. At the same time, though, they're giving you a decent amount of stuff for the $20 that you're putting in a year. Yeah. Like, you get a bunch of uh, old-school games that you can play on Virtual Console. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that. Um, um, what else was the there? The Switch Online. Um... Just, just to get a broad overview you of what can, you're getting. Uh, online gameplay. Uh, you also get. You can also get exclusive stuff. Like I just got some exclusive in-game uh, Splatoon items. Okay. Uh, for free and like. Just because you're a part of the service. Yeah, yeah and like they're they're both three-star items, and if you play Splatoon, three-star items are. They're relatively expensive for in-game currency because you have to like earn them by either doing salmon runs or, uh, you know, playing. So you get those for free, and like so, in-game currency that's like ten thousand stuff. Wow. Yeah, whatever Splatoon. I forget what uh, my Splatoon group called them. Uh, Cephalo coins. <laughs> um, you get that. You can get exclusive offers. On merchandise, so right now you can pre-order like sales and stuff, or uh, you get like exclusive like items that you can only get if you're an online member. So for twenty dollars a year, like right now, the first thing they released was you can get NES controllers for the Switch. Oh, okay. So you so you can play the NES games if right. you wanted to. If you wanted to. Uh, yeah. And Nintendo Switch Online, it it launched with I can't remember how many games, but they just added some. Uh, so right, yeah, there's like uh, some couple like two player sports games: baseball, tennis, Tecmo Bowl, dodgeball. Those are one of the new ones. You can get uh, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers three, uh, original Super Mario Brothers, the the arcade game where you you hit the turtles and whatnot. Uh, oh, you oh get that one, Legend yeah. of Zelda, and the surprise game that actually just came out with the update was Legend of Zelda Special Edition. And I'm like, what is this? Does this come out? And I Googled it, but it is a Nintendo Switch Online, you know, the NES Online exclusive where it's Legend of Zelda, but they give you everything to start with. Oh, okay. So you can go through the game and you beat it, but then what they do is that there's an additional mode after you beat the first one where it's like the hard mode, like the hardcore mode with certain games did that. 
It's like a... I can't think of it, like... Um, like a randomizer kind of thing? Or no? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I've, I've seen those streams where it's like they drop you in the middle of some location and you have to try and beat the game from there. With, oh. a, with a random loadout of stuff. Yeah, well, they start you in the beginning of the game with everything. Okay. In the special edition, but I don't know what, like, the... It's like where you beat a game... So you beat the game with everything they give you, and you're like, this is easy, but they get, like, the extreme mode. Well, I'm trying to... Th- certain games do that, where you beat the game, it's like, hey, do you want to play in hardcore mode now? I can't think of the game. I mean, Borderlands is the first one that comes to mind for me. Yes. Because you can start on a much harder difficulty. The enemies scale up with your level, but your weapons do not scale with your level, so you have to keep swapping out gear and making sure yes. that you're in top the top form. It's like that. Um, I don't know. It's fun. I like having oh, it. Good. I play. I'm, I'm terrible at all these old NES. Games. I also remember hearing that um, there is a, a cloud save feature where you can put yes. all your data up oh, in the cloud. cloud. Save. Yeah, I haven't used it. Uh, people, I think a lot of Splatoon players are upset because Splatoon is not part of the cloud save, which I don't know why it would be. I mean, if you've got specific yeah. like unlocks that you want to keep, I can understand that. That, that. is that is true. Um, like uh, specific gear and weapons and all that. I think they said it wasn't because they didn't want anyone to be at an unfair advantage. Which, again, doesn't make sense. And <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I feel like Nintendo's going to be like, ah, never mind. They might, they might implement it at some point, but yeah. yeah. That definitely does seem a little weird. Um, but I do remember there was a lot of... Uh, they were kind of wondering about the cloud save. It's like, okay, well, what if I decide to cancel my subscription? What happens to all that data that's up there? And I guess uh, at first they didn't make an announcement on it, so everyone assumed that as soon as you stop paying your subscription, that data is just all gone, mm-hmm. and you can never access it again. But I guess they said that there's going to be a small uh, grace period where they'll keep it; they'll keep that data in the cloud for you until you resub, and then after that grace period is up, that's when it'll get uh, removed, yeah, and deleted to make room for other people's stuff, which is fair. Makes sense. Gives you some time, too, if you, like, miss the payment and you need to, to get the $20. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how everyone's living situation is. I don't know how easy it is for you to get access to $20 on occasion, but in the off chance yeah. that it's a problem, you have time. Like, it's not, it's not uh, you know, be-all, end-all. I like it. Uh, it's, I mean, uh, the only games I'd probably cloud save would be... Legend of Zelda and uh, there's just a weird long line of me thinking Legend of Zelda and Octopath <laughs> okay. Traveler. Oh yeah, Octopath. No, I've heard nothing but good good things about that one too. We'll, we'll probably talk about that in the one cool thing. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for Nintendo Switch Online. All right. Is there any? I'm assuming there's a bunch of titles that are coming out that will have access to it. Obviously, like um, Pokemon. I Pokemon. Think. Pokemon. I think Smash. will. Smash Brothers will. Mario Party, Mario Party does. That came out. Uh, Splatoon does. Mario Kart probably does, too. Yeah, Mario Kart. I can't think. They don't have that many online games. I mean, they're probably getting the system in place, and that way they'll be able to implement that system into games that they're currently developing for stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's fun. I like it. Alright, cool. I wasn't wasn't complaining about it. I'm like, $20 a year is nothing. That's cheaper than Xbox. (laughs) Yeah, alright, so... Uh, rapid fire news time sure yeah yeah i'd like to lead off with sony finally got off their high horse and is allowing cross play hey Woo. finally 
Yeah, I just took them took them long enough. I saw an article today that apparently Diablo three is going to be crossplay between Switch, PlayStation four, and Xbox One. Nice. Uh, yeah. So now people can play Fortnite and that a whole account thing. Yeah. Was, uh, which was which was which was stupid. I don't know why Sony did that. I think they just wanted to keep their player base exclusive to the PlayStation. Like, I mean, it, I mean it, it would make sense if it was like a... Like if you want to play with your friends, your friends have to also play on this system kind of thing, which I understand from a business standpoint why they'd want that, but in reality, it's like, why not just let people use the systems that they want to use? And I love that we're hitting that point where cross-play is like actually viable oh, yeah. and possible, because I only remember a handful of titles that actually engaged in it, like the first one being uh, one of the Shadowrun games. Where it was cross-play yeah. between Xbox and PC. Which made sense. Which did make sense, because Microsoft. Um, but then, like, other games like Rocket League, for example, started to implement that feature across, like, PC uh, and Xbox and PC and PS4. Granted, obviously, you wouldn't be playing uh, PS4 and Xbox with each other at the time, but now that's possible, because Sony's kind of lifting that gate a little bit to allow that to happen. Yeah, the... the I think once Switch... This, I think Xbox and... Uh, well, Microsoft and Nintendo were like, yeah, whatever, we'll do it. Like, I know when uh, Minecraft came out, Sony's like, no! And then I think uh, Nintendo tweeted at Xbox and was like, hey, you want to build? And um, Xbox replied with a little... Little, um, someone made, like, a little Nintendo logo and tweeted back. They're like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, yeah, they've been having a field day with Sony being grumpy. Well, hey, now that those days probably are behind us, like, we'll be able to see a lot more games across multiple consoles, and it's like, doesn't matter what you or your friends or your family yeah. have, you can all play together. And I think that's awesome. I think that's probably something that should have been implemented a long time ago. Yeah, we we uh, we experienced the with um cuz occasionally me and you would play Fortnite together. Yeah. And I'm on Switch or on PC. I think we had one time your friend was on Xbox. Yep. And, it and we was, had all three of us. We ran the spectrum. It was great. <laughs> the, I think the only crossplay that I haven't done with Fortnite is uh, mobile players, but yeah. aside from that, mobile's only on Apple right now. Ah, okay. That would explain it. Uh, uh Android just released the beta. But yeah, like was, we did that and it was it was great. Like it was literally everyone was playing on their own machine like what they were comfortable with and what they knew in terms of controls and stuff like that and mm-hmm. it was fine. It worked out. We had a great time. Totally. It was it was great. So, I'm definitely hoping that that happens more in the future. Like I'm still a fan of exclusive games cuz those sell consoles. But like if you're playing a multiplayer game that is on other consoles, I think you should be able to play with whoever else owns the game regardless. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else? Oh, Guilds of Ravnica came out. <laughs> yeah, Guilds of Ravnica. I can talk about that a little bit. Um, I, I got my my four packs. <laughs> I'm gonna get more, but I, I got yeah. my four. You, he's got a tradition where he gets four boosters of Normally newest three. sets. Normally three, but I he decided to splurge a little bit because Ravnica. Because Ravnica. No, it's a great set. Um, <laughs> what did you get for rares? Uh, I don't know. I got three out of the four packs, so that tells you something about my luck draw. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. So I got uh, Dawn of Hope. I got two Dawns of Hope. A uh, Divine Visitation, mm-hmm. which is... And uh, Ritual of Suit. Of Suit. Oh, yes. Suit. The, yes, okay. So the yeah. so I know which ones those are. Two, two, two enchantments and one sorcery. <laughs> yeah. All still pretty good cards I, overall. I didn't know Divine Visitation was. I was looking up, I'm like... Uh, Star City. I'm like, how much are these cards? Like, in case like I want to trade a Dawn of Hope in, 
like that bad. I'm like, what's the fine vegetation? It's like ten dollars. Like, oh, yeah. People are really interested in making that work. Like, yeah. I, that's that's going to be a, a pretty chase card for like kitchen tables and casual players like us. Yeah, because it's you make a token. Well, hey, have a four four angel with vigilance and flying instead. <laughs> you make yeah. multiple tokens. Hey, you get that many angels. Air it's pretty, superiority. Pretty funny. I'm gonna put it in my uh, my token deck. Um, in general, though, I am really a big fan of the set. Uh, I definitely like what they've done with the guilds this time around and making them feel a lot more cohesive towards their mechanic. Um, uh, the mechanics, if I remember correctly, uh, Demir has surveil, which is kind of like scry. You look at the top X amount of cards of your library, and then you can put any number of them into your graveyard. So, Demir still has mill as a strategy. You're just milling yourself. I mean, it's black, so you could, like, you, you, you do a little bit of the... You, you can flip them back out again if you Oh, yeah. To. Yeah, you can easily reanimate creatures and stuff like that. People are really excited for this mechanic to, to kind of test it and see what it does yep. in both standard and older formats. Uh, um, the Is It Have Jumpstart, which is a weird... It's a weird mixture of... Uh, flashback and retrace so okay. like if you have a card with jumpstart you can cast it by discarding a card paying its mana cost and then exiling it after it's done okay so one of the cards i think is called radical idea it's two mana one in a blue for an instant draw a card and then it has jumpstart mm-hmm. so for one in a blue you can play it from your hand draw a card and then at any point later on if you have a bunk card in your hand that you don't want and two mana up, you can discard that card, pay your one in a blue, and then jumpstart the radical idea from your graveyard and then draw another card and then exile the spell afterwards. So I think it's interesting. I think it's not a great mechanic on its own. I feel like you need other things in a deck with it to kind of fuel Mm -hmm. it. Like obviously a little bit of self-mill so you can get those cards in your graveyard and they act as like additional cards in your hand. I think that's pretty cool. You combine it with flashback and just Discard the card with flashback on it. You just flashback. That's card. true. Hey, yeah. discard another jumpstart spell to jumpstart the first one. Yeah. It's there's it's a lot just, of niche things that you can do with it. It's pretty funny. Itself. Um, undergrowth is the Golgari mechanic, yeah, and yeah, undergrowth, if I remember correctly, has various effects equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. So the more Perfect. creature, the more creatures you have in your graveyard, the more powerful the effects will be. Well, go good with um, well, in my case, uh, Marin. Yeah, because Marin wants to have a lot of Marin of Clan Neltoth uh, wants mm-hmm. to have a lot of creatures in her graveyard. So I think that'll be a good mechanic for that. Um, again, it's very niche. Not all the cards are amazing, but there are some of them that are very, very good for what they do. Um, Selesnia has Convoke, which I believe is the only returning mechanic, and it makes sense because Convoke is a very, very good mechanic. You can tap creatures yeah. as if they were mana, basically, and they can help pay for spells and fuel giant crazy X spells that that do crazy yeah, things. Yeah, I like how this time they're more focused on big creatures instead of just swarming the board with tokens. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're still kind of focused on tokens, but now it's like you're using the tokens to fuel the bigger stuff. Well, which is which is which is cool. Yeah. I think I think Convoke and uh the old uh well not the old one. The Return to Ravnica populate work very well together. Mm. And then the last one, the the last one was uh, Boros, who had a new mechanic, Mentor. And Mentor reads, uh, when you attack with the creature with Mentor, you can put a plus one, plus one counter on another attacking creature that has less power. 
So yeah. like you attack with a three three and a two two, and the three three has mentor. Then that three three can power up the two two into a three three, and like mentors it in combat to make it stronger. Wait, what was what, what was, was what? the what was Boris's mechanic from from the previous two? Was it gate crash? There was uh, the one from gate crash was yeah. uh, battalion. Whereas no, if you attack was. with uh, three or more creatures, something exactly. happens. Yeah, I and then the one before that. that in Ravnica City of Guilds was uh, Radiance, which was if the spell targets something with a color, it does something to everything of that color, like everything that shares a color with it. So you target something that's both red and white, then all of your red creatures and all of your white creatures will get the benefit or something like that. It made sense for working together, but I don't. It didn't quite fit thematically. I, but I do think that both Battalion and Mentor have been great additions yeah. to the the Boros Legion. I, I there's only so many. Like I can I can only remember from like I know Return to Ravnica was my uh, my first block, the first like Magics that I played, and I know I played Zorius, so. I know Zorius's is the Tane. I know uh, Simic's is Evolve. And then I played... I think I did Orzhov. I represented Orzhov in the whole Dragon's Maze thing. Oh, for Extort, yeah. Extort. Yeah, so that's that's easy. We'll also... We'll be seeing the other five guilds in the next set, Ravnica Allegiance, that's going to come out in the spring. Yep. Um, So the guilds there will be Orzhov, Azorius, Simic, Rakdos, and Gruul. Gruul. So we'll we'll see how those go. Because from what I've heard, uh, some or... Some or none of them are going to be receiving uh, existing mechanics, but yeah. I think all of the I think all of them are receiving new ones. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me. I know nothing, but who knows? Yeah, and the, and then we have the set set three in Ravnica. Yep, which, which supposedly is not going to have anything to do with the guilds themselves. It's just going to be the conclusion to the the Nicole Bolas story that they've been building up over the past couple sets. But on Ravnica. Yeah. I mean, he's planning something because he has... Some of the guilds are on his side now, whether they like it or not. And because, either because he's influenced them or he's, like, you know, pulling strings from behind the scenes. Guessing, guessing Golgari is there because of uh, Faraska. Yeah, I think the, how they worded it was Ooh. every guild that has a Planeswalker is on Bolas's side. Class. So the Planeswalkers will basically be, like, the Legion of Doom to the Gatewatch's Justice League. So that's... Is it... It'll be Izzet and Golgari so far. And we don't know what the other ones are going to be. But Varaska has that thing from Jace, so Jace could be like... And Varaska could be like, that's right, I don't like Bolas anymore. Oh yeah, the the memories that he he, uh, wiped from her, he can give back, yeah. Yeah. I totally forgot. I don't pay attention to the story. Oh, the story's been great. It's honestly, I've I've enjoyed it quite a bit. It's It's been getting a lot better, so I definitely recommend, if you've got the time, just going back and reading through. I liked Kaladesh. Gives my girl... Chandra. Your girl, yeah, girl Chandra. Uh, and then I might read Ravnica because Ravnica is a special place in my heart. Yeah, I don't know if those stories have started yet. I, they might have. Don't quote me. Um, you have they to look back it up. The books. Uh, I won't wait for this block. I think for the next sets they're going to do books again. I don't remember if I heard that exactly. I, I was talking to a friend of the podcast, Jason, about um this, and I'm like, why would like we're just doing like one set blocks? And he's like, no, we're going to do three. I'm like, why would they do three? They said they weren't gonna do they weren't gonna do like three sets in the same place. It's like, no, look it up. I'm like, you're right. Holy crap. Yeah. 
But it's going to be the first two, obviously, the, with the with the guilds, with guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance. They're going to kind of feel similar because they're going to have five of the ten guilds, mm-hmm. and they're all going to be drafted and played against each other. And then they said the the third set is going to be wildly different because it's just going to take place on Ravnica, but it's not going to be guild centric. They're not going to pull a Dragon's Maze and put all ten of them in there. Yeah, they're just going to. We might see a couple of them here and there, but I think overall the mechanics and the feel of the set is going to be more. Uh, Gatewatch Everyone. versus the Legion of Doom. Yeah. What's, who's the Legion of Doom? Uh, so far, it's Raul Zarek and Vraska. We don't know who the other three Planeswalkers might be, but we'll figure uh, that out well, when Ravnica Allegiance comes out. Probably Tezzeret. Maybe. Tezzeret's well, it's they're, it's, it's, they're, they're tied to the guilds. So, oh. I mean, Tezzeret's probably still among that anyway, but it depends because there are three... There will be three Planeswalkers in Ravnica Allegiance who will be... Like either unknowingly helping Bolas or actively helping Bolas towards his goals, and people were saying, "Oh well, maybe Dovin Bon is going to take over the Azorius Senate because in the artwork for Hollowed Fountain there are thopters flying around." And I thought, "Wow, that actually kind of makes sense because he wants order; he'll take over. He doesn't know that he's helping Bolas, but Asperia's dead. Yeah, Asperia's so. dead, so somebody needs to step so, up um, as the guild leader." How many Planeswalkers were in guilds? Two. Vraska. It was just Vraska and uh, Rawl. And that was oh, it. So then we're getting three in. The... Which people are speculating it's going to be Dovin Bon, uh, a new Domri raid for the Gruul. And then people were also saying that oh, in, yeah. in, in key artworks, they saw, what's her name? Uh, Kaya, Ghost Assassin from Conspiracy Take the Crown. Oh, yeah. So they're thinking that she got hired to kill the Ghost Council. And now she's going to be taking over uh, the Orshav Syndicate. So that's pretty fucking wild. So if I do I'm say. guessing uh, unnamed third set is where we'll get any new Gatewatch. Probably, if any. So maybe Jace. Jace Probably. would make sense. If if not as a card, he'll definitely be like showing up in artwork and flavor text Ch- for the set. Jace and Gideon, yeah. definitely. But we'll see. It's it's going to be kind of wild. I'm I'm really looking gonna, forward to to seeing how this plays out. Again, this is all purely speculative at the po- at the moment. We don't know anything that's going to happen aside from what's already nope. been given to us by wizards. But it's, it's fun to think about. They're they're getting my money again, which is good. <laughs> I didn't think they're going to. I was I was excited for like, oh yeah, I'll do I'll do Kaladesh because my girl, your girl Chandra, my girl Chandra, yeah. But yeah. Uh, maybe Garrick will show back up again. <laughs> that would be interesting. I'd love it. He hasn't showed up since F15. Yeah, he's, just been, he's just been out hunting Liliana because he's just trying to get that rid of that curse. So I think my, my favorite part... Yeah, I think the last we saw of him, Jace is like, Ooh, it's not me! Yeah, and he's <laughs> and just like, like, leave me alone. And then just ran off <laughs> somewhere. And walks away. Elspeth, de- El- Elspeth is dead. Yes, in the underworld of Theros. Not actually dead, but, you know. Who's, who's Gatewatch? Gatewatch currently, um, yes. let's see, Nissa quit, so I believe it is, and Nissa quit and Liliana turned, so it is now uh, Jace, Ajani, Chandra, Gideon, and Teferi. Teferi. What, wait, when did Liliana turn? Uh, at the end of Dominaria, because when she killed um, Belzenlock, the last demon that had her contract, oh, yeah. there was a, another waiver in that contract that means, okay, if none of the demons are alive, Nicole Bolas gets your soul. So yeah. now she has to work for him. She is contractually obligated. Okay. So, yeah, that's another thing that was, like, caught everybody and by when surprise. when did Nissa quit? 
uh, at the beginning of Dominaria when she was like, yeah, I, I I need to put Zendikar first. I need to fix that before I do anything else with this crazy multiverse. So she just yeah, kind of pieced out. Didn't Johnny just show up? <laughs> yeah, Johnny just showed up on Kaladesh, saved the day, and he's like, yeah, I'll keep watch. <laughs> I got this. But yeah. did, didn't they get their they get their they got their books kit, uh, book kicked on Amaket? Yeah, which an hour of devastation, Ixalan. which was what led to Ixalan, correct? And then Jace is back to normal. Yep. And so I'm guessing he left to go find the rest of the Gay Watch, being like, "Hey," <laughs> or at least meet back on Ravnica to see what everyone's up to. Yeah. All right. So that's I guess it's actually time for one cool thing. All right. So here we go. We got one cool thing that we've each done at yeah. some point in the past couple of weeks. So the theme song. One, one cool, cool thing. thing. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, we don't have server restraints anymore for oh, storage. Oh, sweet. So we can go longer. For well, I'd still say we keep it closer to 50 minutes than anything yeah. else. But anyway. For YouTube. Um. So yeah, what's one cool thing that you've been doing in uh, the past couple, just, month or two? Uh, um, Splatoon. Playing Splatoon. A little bit of Fortnite uh, right. because they're both doing Halloween stuff right now and I love it. Uh, Splatoon was cool because, like, you logged in, and it's like, here's some Halloween stuff. So you get, like, a bunch of Halloween masks. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, I have a little, little Jason hockey mask running around, and I'm like, yeah! The new Splatfest is Trick or Treat. Oh, which is okay. Good. I pick Treat. Um, naturally. Because, uh, I was, this one, I was, I was like, uh, but I ended up going with, uh, Treat because, uh, Marina is my girl. Marina is your girl. Yeah, Pearl and Marina, which oh, I forgot to tell you. I saw I saw speaking of Splatoon really quickly. Uh which will tie into my one cool thing. Um someone made a joke because Marina can also be harbor. So it's Pearl Harbor. Oh. <laughs> I'm like that's a bit of a stretch. A little bit. I guess that makes sense, but eh. Yeah, it, it's it's been it's been interesting. So, they have a little storyline going on with the Splatfests, because before the, uh, it was Retro versus Modern, Modern okay. 1, but the last Splatfest, uh, before that, I think it was Squids versus Octopus. What ended up taking that? Um, I think Squids won. I wouldn't but, be surprised. Uh, Pearl won, but they had this thing where Marina, like, flipped, because she lost the last three, so she got mad at Pearl. Oh, wow. So it was this whole thing, and then, uh, yeah, Marina won, and I think this one should be evenly split. But they, they changed the way they, 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 they do Splatfests now. How so? Uh, instead of, like, doing uh, team scores, it's by clout. So, like, how well you do, and then they average it out among, like, players. But, yeah, I think this is a worldwide Splatfest. Trick or treat, I believe. Which is weird, because Halloween really seems to only be an American celebrated holiday. No, it, holiday. I think it's North American. Yeah, only. I was going to say... Um, the squids, uh, squids versus octopuses was worldwide. was worldwide. Yeah. Well, that made sense because of the, uh, the expansion pack, so. Yeah. Um, plus it was the celebrate, whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was cool. Cool. Uh, my general cool thing for the past couple of months is that I've been trying to dig into my backlog of games on Steam and just complete as many as possible. One that really fucking stood out to me, though, was, uh, Orwell, uh, keeping an eye on you. Which is, as it sounds, quite Orwellian. Um, you're basically playing as a guy who's managing a uh, information collecting system where you can scour people's social media profiles and like stuff that they have active on the internet, and you collect data. 
Um, and oh, cool. collecting data on those people uh, leads you to discover more things about them, unlocks other websites, and you basically are compiling criminal profiles. But you're doing it to an active story that's being developed uh, from day one, which is a terrorist attack on a plaza. And then they realized, oh, hey, this person was at that plaza on that date and they have a criminal record. Let's start investigating them and see what they've got. And it kind of gets a little crazy from there. It also has a few choice-based elements in it because you sometimes get things of conflicting data where, like, on this woman's blog, she seems to be claiming, you know, that she's an advocate of peace and wants, uh, you know, things, tensions between the people and the government to kind of, like, settle down. Whereas Mm -hmm. on her, uh, it's not called Facebook, but on her Facebook profile... Uh, she posts a picture of the terrorist attack and is like, yeah, fucking suck it, government. And that's conflicting. So you have to pick. It's like, well, which one of those is real? Like, which one of those is actually her and which one is the one that's putting on a front? And that's, that's... what kind of makes it feel Orwellian because you are in charge of what is true and what's not. And that's, that's really, it's really creepy and really interesting to to play through that. But I really enjoyed the game. It was, it was a freaking ride. It's uh, definitely a psychological thriller if there ever was one. That's um, cool. I highly that's recommend you pick it up. Awesome. All right. That's it. This is the first podcast recorded on uh, the, the new microphone. Yeah. The M audio Uber mic. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. Sponsor us. Hashtag no sponsors. <laughs> Yeah, so there we go. All right, another another one for the books. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you'd like to follow us, please follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We're pretty much everywhere. Just try and look for the TalkBox podcast. Instagram as well, which we just recently started up. Yep. Um, So please check out our YouTube content and all of our other web pages for further updates. And as always, I'm Chad. I'm Adam. And you've been listening to the TalkBox podcast. Thank you, and have a great day.